Hi, my name is Paul Heffron, and right now I feel nostalgic about my running life. Here we are, another episode of The Running Brunch. Uh, we're going to have them over here, we're going to have them over there. We got them where we want them, and they're right where we got them. <laughs> Y'all, welcome to another episode of The Running Brunch. My name is Peter Cunningham. I'm here with Ben Ledbetter. Hi. Hey, Ben. How are you, man? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Feel like ben, we, we haven't sat down together for a long time. Like, in the same place. It's true. Yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> you say true things sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Ben, I feel like if I don't rein myself in quickly, I'm going to go off the rails. Okay, please don't. Um, Let's reel us back in. We're deep sea fishing. We'll just catch him by the hook. Real men, real nice me. Yep. Ben, uh, this is post interview, and uh, we just went on a run together. I don't know. <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, life's been pretty good. We, I'm running. I have a half marathon that I sh- probably shouldn't do, but I'm going to do it anyway because my ankle feels great. Ben, you just uh, joined a collection of rush running individuals. Yeah. To do a bit of a a feat, if right. you will. We had we had uh, two guys do. A uh, hundred mile week, so they ran a hundred miles in a week. Uh, mind you, their previous mileage. Well, one of their previous mileage was nothing for like the. Let me give you the five week view pre hundred mile week. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> ten miles, nothing. Ten miles, nothing. Ten hundred. Perfect. So his Strava is bing 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 bing. Is that Alex B? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the rest of us were like, we're not that crazy. We'll do. Uh, a 10 for 10. So we do 10 miles for 10 days. Um, and I broke my ankle a couple weeks ago, as some of you may have heard, eventually whenever we, whenever we release Mason's <laughs> podcast. Um, and I'm back running, and this was probably the my fourth day back. They were like, hey, let's do this thing. And I was like, great, let's do it. So I, I ran the 70-mile week uh, last week, and it was great. And I'm probably – I'm a little bit more in a down week just from travel and stuff like that the last week and a half, but – Still fine. Ankle feels great. Yeah. Uh, um, which is also funny because you, I feel like a, a day after you were cleared, you kind of raced an 800. I you mean, jogged an 800. Yeah, I jogged. You jogged an 800. Definitely. So, okay. there, were, there was no speed. Yeah, there was no speed. Um, I did I did gritty for the first time in my life during that race. Gritty? Gritty? Is that what it's called? It's definitely called gritty. Okay, cool. But if you want to call it gritty, I will join you in that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Are we calling it gritty? I, I, that's what I've always called it. Okay, well, I'm going to join you. We're going to shake on it. We're calling it gritty from gritty. now on. That's, that's what it always, oh, that's what it is. Done. Perfect anyway. transition. Perfect transition into who our guest is for the day. Yeah, Peter, who's our guest today? Our guest today is a alum of Kansas University. Rock Chalk. That's how the cheer goes. Is that it? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> but I liked it. Cool. That, cool they cool. say is those that, words. Is that what is that what you're gonna do for the rest of your life now when you're at a KU? Game? Not even close. <laughs> no, I, I will hold fast. To my Jayhawk loving ways. Uh, we have Paul Heffron on today. He ran cross country and track for Kansas University and then went on to be a professional marathoner after that. Uh, ben, tell, tell all our listeners about some of Paul's kind of highlight times. Yeah. Um, Paul has a personal best in the 3K of 805, the 5K 1359. Um, 27 and change i think in the 10k maybe it's 28 and change um and then half marathon 104 so an hour and four minutes full marathon uh 218 um 
So, very solid stud of a runner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolute champ. Uh, I, and we, you'll hear in the podcast about what he thinks if he would have run if he had the super shoes of today. Um, and I definitely believe his estimate. Um, the a two a one oh four in two thousand twelve is significantly different than a one oh four in. 2023 facts um simply so. because you were you were fishing for it and sorry paul we're gonna drop you about another minute <laughs> and your your outdoor 10k was 29 29.45 at the peyton jordan invite okay that would uh, did you sense. say what his full marathon was 218 uh 216 so Ooh, paul, better two minutes hey, faster. we we traded yeah, off there yeah, that's where it was the two yep. minutes were there yep <laughs> sick uh paul's a good dude he's now living in the kansas city area uh, he uh, at least spent his high school years there. Yep. Good dude. Uh, he's got some fun stories uh, from his college years as well. We think you'll enjoy it. Yep. Um, and we're going to go play some garage ball. All right. <laughs> enjoy enjoy the interview, y'all. Paul's actually just a bot. Oh, he's like it's an AI? He's just AI, and he's, he's figuring out. <laughs> Yo. You know, that's the second time I've been called AI today. <laughs> oh, no. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> amazing what was the other context wait tell, um, us, tell us what the other context of you being called ai today so uh a colleague of mine was had draft like draft no he's, he had written an article like a newspaper article um and wanted me to pre proofread it and so one of our younger associates was was also putting it in chat gpt to proofread it and we came up with the same stuff. Amazing. And so she said she my new my new nickname for uh, her is GPT. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Paul, this has been. Hello. Hey Ben. <laughs> How you doing, Paul? How's it going? Good. It's good. Um, uh, you know, I do Zoom calls all the time, but I'm not often in my house, and so the lighting in my room's not great. So I apologize for that. You're golden. You're totally fine. No worries. But I did bring a muffin. Yes. So, a mimosa. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Ben and I, we've got the the remnants of uh, some pancakes. It's called a little volcano. It is. A, it's called a little volcano. Ooh. I like uh, the sound of that. Is it Black Bear Diner? Is that what it was? Uh, Black Bear Diner yeah. here in Fayetteville. We decided today that we're gonna try to get them to be our first sponsor, <laughs> and. Uh, they, you know, they provide brunch for us every time we record, and uh, and we're gonna see if they'll do it for free. So <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a match made in breakfast heaven. Breakfast heaven. There you go. Amazing. Brunch heaven. Yeah. Well, let's do this while while we're on the the subject. Um, you've got you said you have a muffin and a mimosa. So tell us, you know, Ben and I, we have this long-standing debate of what what is the definition of brunch or what what connotates as brunch. So what is brunch to you? So I um I am getting uh, remarried in October, and my my fiance she when we went on our first date, it was a brunch date, and she's not really a believer in brunch, so I had she, I had to convert her, and so we we um we originally had to do, we, we had a, a date for ten thirty, and I don't remember why, but I had to push it back. And it was going to be noon. And she's like, well, it can't be called brunch if it's before noon or if it's afternoon. So I was like, okay, fine. I will meet you there at 1157. And so we, I was there at 1157 and I officially was able to call it brunch. So in my opinion, it's got to be AM. Um, you know, between 10 and noon, I think is kind of the 
brunch hour. Um, and there does have to be some non-breakfast food or a, like, this is why I have the mimosa, like an adult beverage or something you yeah. wouldn't normally mm -hmm. drink yeah. uh, at breakfast. So if you just serve breakfast food later, that's just a late breakfast. Okay. Although I I will admit that I I have had plenty of brunches where I just skip all the lunchy food because let's be honest like breakfast food's just better. <laughs> That's what everyone yeah. really wants. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, I love it. That's great. Does that fit into your uh, into your worldview of brunchiness? I think it fits more into Peter's worldview. Mine's more of brunch is declared over the meal. So if you're if you're eating at like let's say right now at 6.47 p.m. and Peter and I are enjoying breakfasty food or whatever kind of food and we were like, hey, we're having brunch together. That's what we're doing. Yeah. You know? Is that where brunch you are? Is what you make or... of it. Right. Were you I saying like that, that, I like uh, that. Your, your your fiance is the one that has uh, the philosophy that you just described or that's your philosophy? Um, I mean, I will admit I... I... I'm more of a traditionalist as far as breakfasts or brunches late morning, but, um, you know, Ben just kind of expanded my, my view of things a little bit just now. I love it. I'm, I'm an open-minded person. So there we go. <laughs> I yeah. think we're having brunch right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are done. Then we should have brought mimosas. That would have been great. We almost brought a yeah, IPAs, but <laughs> amazing. Well, we'll, do one well just to give, sometime. say what? We'll have to do one in person sometime and yeah let's go so down let's go process. well sweet uh paul give us just kind of uh, the the beginnings of of paul heffron running life how did you get into the sport of running who got you into it why'd you fall in love with it i i can't wait to tell my friend about this podcast because he's going to be so excited i'm giving him credit right now Amazing. um yes. so i grew up in georgia um in the 90s so needless to say huge braves fan chipper jones is my hero yeah and i always really wanted to be a baseball player you know um unfortunately i'm built the way i'm built <laughs> and so <laughs> i i don't think the good lord wanted me to be a baseball player so <laughs> i uh it, it started when i was you know I, I played like rec rec baseball growing up and um, went to a really big high school, wanted to make the freshman team, um, got cut. And my best friend, his name's Chip Damude, he was out for, he had run cross country in the fall of our freshman year. I didn't. Um, I actually was a tuba player for the marching band that year. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. And so, and our, our team actually, the high school team was, they were state champs in Georgia that year. So it was kind of, like a big thing with at the around the school um and he's you know he was like hey you should come out and run track they don't the main selling point i think for a lot of people when they first get into it is they don't cut you if you just show up and try every day so i was like well that's great i can um you know maybe i can get a varsity letter out of this eventually or something and um so i went out and the first couple weeks of practice I probably almost quit every single day. It was just, you know, I, I had never, never run before, never run long distance. And so, I mean, even a mile was just really, really hard for me. Um, and, you know, this is something that I try to instill in, in my kids now is, 
if you know if you start something you, you can quit at the end of the season if you want if you never want to go back but you're going to see it through mm-hmm. um and so you know my my mom to her credit was like you don't want to quit you know just keep showing up and it will get better and you know sure enough it did and i so my freshman year of high school i ran um a I think my best for that year was, was a five eleven mile, um, and that I ran like a four by mile relay at the junior varsity regional meet, and um, maybe like an eleven twenty two mile or something like that. And so, but I mean, even just getting out there in something that was brand new for me and not finishing last every time out was was kind of a, a fun experience. And then, but you know, by the end, I was actually. I mean, I was competing. I wasn't, you know, winning anything at that point. So uh, definitely decided, though, that I think this sport is something I could I could like. I like all the people. I want to keep doing it. Um, but that spring, my parents let us know that we were going to be moving from Georgia to Kansas City. And so, um, I, you know, I did some summer running in Georgia with the team until um, until we moved. And then. When we moved to Kansas City, we moved to a suburb, Overland Park, and, you know, I, I didn't know anybody, so I just kind of did summer running on my own. But during that period of time, I was going through a big growth spurt, and um, I think it was kind of an ignorance thing. Like, I would just, I'd go out there and run and try to push myself, but I didn't know if I was doing good or not. You know, it's like, I'm just doing my own thing. There's no one here to tell me if I'm running too fast, too slow, trying too hard. Um, looking back, I, I think I kind of got to know my, my own body well, though, because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of testing the waters. How, how hard can I push myself before it's too much? Um, and so I, you know, show up to practice that fall and, um, I'd never run cross country before. I, I definitely bragged that my team had won cross country state in Georgia, <laughs> even though I was not part of that team, <laughs> but I, it was like, Hey, I, I'm a new kid. I'm trying to um, find my way in this pecking order. So I'm going to, I'm going to find some way to try to make myself seem better than I am. And did that come to back to bite you at all or, or did that? Well, my, so okay? I'm still good friends with a few of the guys that I met that year as a, you know, 15 year old punk kid. And yeah. uh, they still tease me about it. Cause that's, I mean, when they found awesome. out I wasn't actually on the team, they're like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <That's awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't remember how long it took for them to figure that out, but um, yeah, so that fall was crazy. I I started my first meet. I remember I was just kind of learning about cross country. I watched the Prefontaine movie early in the fall because that's what you do when you're high school cross country. Was it the, was it without limits uh, or pre? We started with pre the okay. Jared Leto one. Yeah, wow. Which I you know I think. I think Without Limits is a better movie. I think Prefontaine was truer to his story, and I think Leto was a better Prefontaine. That's my take on it. Mm. But I still um, haven't seen the Jerry Leto one. I've only seen the uh, Without Limits, and I've never seen Without Limits. Ooh, I know. Movie night. I know. Oh, okay. I went back and I watched with uh, watched pre recently, and it just the cinematography has not aged well, or I've just like <laughs> right. the awe inspiringness of the story. Yeah. It's, it's one of the worst done movies mm. I've ever seen. Yeah. 
But the I I agree though. I think the story and the and how everyone's portrayed definitely fits, uh, like Pre's life and uh, like Bowerman and all the other guys, yeah. AI, AIU guys or whatever. And um, yeah. but it's just it was it's like a really really bad high school documentary. It's uh-huh. how I imagine oh, yeah. that it was filmed. Yeah, but let, with all these high budget actors. He had this intensity in his eyes in that movie, just this, you know, and he's still that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I, th- I think, you know, not having ever known or seen Prefontaine in real life, it seemed like that was more his spirit, like just yeah. this intensity. Right. Um, so I was really excited about Prefontaine. I wanted the movie poster, the Prefontaine one. And so I told my parents, <clears throat> first meet out. Um, I So I had smaller high school in Kansas. And so I had made the varsity team. I was like beyond excited just to, I was like, okay, I'm holding my own in practice, made the varsity team. They're going to, you know, let me run varsity my first meet. And I told my parents, because it was a small meet, I said, if I medal, will you buy me this poster? <laughs> and of course, like now as a parent, I'm like, of course. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a big ask. It was like a $10 poster. <laughs> and like, it was the yeah, 90s, man. The ni- $10 yeah. was huge. <laughs> it was huge, yeah. I, I was like, I can never get this on my own. Amazing. So, so they gave me the medals to the top 15. I got 14th place. No way. So I come, I mean, I come across, I was like, yes. And mostly about the poster. <laughs> um, were there were there moments in the race that you were thinking about the poster or were you just kind of racing and oh yeah or were you aware of where 15th place was uh, i don't know if i was aware of what place i was in when i first started it was just like whatever i could do to distract myself from the pain just like sing a song to myself in my head or just like try to look at something in the distance um because i just i had I hadn't quite gotten to the point where I could focus well while I was running and like be aware. It was just like, try to get your body through this. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I had any idea what place I was in until later. Yeah. I just, <laughs> but it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I ran, yeah, that was a 14th place. I ran 1810 and was, yeah, just really excited about that. Yeah. So as the season goes on and I had, I mentioned a growth. I think I had put on, or I had got like five or six inches taller from my freshman year. Like a bit, like you know, every a, a lot of boys go through that like one year, which is crazy. Yeah. So that, that was it for me. And um, I don't know if that was just kind of coming into my own body, but like every meet that fall, my sophomore year of high school, I would improve like thirty-five seconds, thirty, forty seconds every single week. Wow. So um, one of my best buddies, I, I even saw him yesterday. He was the best runner on the team when when I got there. And the night before one, one of the meets, I stayed at his dad's house. And in the morning, he offered both of us breakfast. He's like, hey, boys, do you want eggs before, you know, before we leave? And my my buddy was, I think, nervous or just didn't want to do anything to upset his stomach. He did not have the eggs. I had the eggs. And I was the first meet that I beat him and I never looked back and I was like, man, you should have had the eggs. That was the difference. His dad still was like, you should have the eggs, right? But, That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Speaking of brunch. Yeah, um, yeah. So 
by the time the season ended, I was starting to finish, you know, closer and closer to the to the front. I never won anything, but we got to the uh, we were five A in Kansas that year. So there's six there's six classes in Kansas mm-hmm. high school, six A being the biggest. So we were the second biggest class. And you were and a, we had a, the a Blue Valley school, right? Blue Valley West. Yeah. Cool. Is, does that eventually um, turn into Shawnee Mission West or something like that? No, those are no, separate. separate. Different okay. district. So Blue Valley is a little farther south away from the city from Shawnee Mission. Got it. Shawnee Mission West or Paul Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Sudeikis went to high school. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so the regional meet comes up and I, you know, I think I, I'm trying to be up front and I had a great coach. It was very encouraging. Like she think she's, she was like, I know, I think you can just try to find the leaders, see where they're doing. If you feel comfortable, try to go with them. So there was this good kid from Sumner Academy and I just kind of was running with him, but it was out, it was out at a, a local park where there's a, a place where the, the uh, course splits. And so early on in the course, you're supposed to go to the right. And then it, the second time you come around, you'd go to the left to go back to the finish so we get to that fork. He takes the wrong turn. Oh, no. And I end up in the lead. And it was the scariest 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> just like, holy crap, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. And I was just like running as hard as I could. For I mean, I was just absolutely sure I was going to get rolled up by the entire race. Like, this yeah. is just going to, you know, uh, com- complete complete fear-driven. But I, I ended up winning. Wow. And uh, so that was my first, you know, my first taste of, of winning a race. And um, and at that time, I, it was like 16, 20 something. So I dropped almost two minutes from my first race. Yeah. Just a couple months. this is your sophomore year, prior. you said, right? My sophomore year. Yeah. Nice. Um, and ended up finishing fourth in the state meet. And so, you know, I had gone from like never having done this thing to, you know, being one of the top runners in a, in a state meet within the course of a, a year less than a year yeah right and so it was it was just like this really weird time of my life where it's something that i wasn't even on my radar and and now especially because i just moved to the school it was like what people knew me for and what most people wanted like teachers and other students like wanted to talk to me about and um you know obviously it was really great it was exciting but it was also kind of it was just a strange experience um sort of and it felt like i was also kind of a period of time where um my faith was was beginning it was kind of fledgling making my faith my own and it it really felt like this cool gift that god gave me like hey i know that you always thought you were going to be a certain you know your life you really wanted baseball or you wanted you thought you were going to turn out this way this is what you wanted but i gave you this really cool gift that was totally out of left field you didn't really ask for it but it's like wait it's it's better than what you would have picked for yourself yeah and just a kind of a reminder like um that i you know still try to keep with me things turn out differently than i thought they would but he's a lot better at giving me the (laughs) good gifts than i i am at doing it myself yeah 100 percent that's sweet um yeah that's sweet yeah so then how does that how does that uh kind of high school career uh get you to KU one why KU I obviously I know that you lived in Kansas City um Mm -hmm. was that were were you guys rock chalk fans down in Georgia 
or was it just like uh, KU's close? Let's go to KU. I'm glad you asked me that question because I was hoping to get to share this story. Yes. Not not Jayhawk fans uh, growing up. My, I think when we were about to move to Kansas City, my dad my dad did mention that he liked the Jayhawk basketball team. He enjoyed watching them. But my parents are both from Detroit, and they were Michigan fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone around me, you know, we lived pretty close to Athens, so we were everyone was Georgia fans down there. Um, and so, you know, I was just kind of discovering what – the, the whole Kansas City area was totally new to me. I had never been west of Alabama. I didn't know anything. Um, and so I started learning, uh, I guess there's some teammates and friends of mine about who Jim Ryan was. And I mean, it just blew my mind, like who this who this guy was. It was like, he made an Olympic team in high school and he, he ran what, how young and like the workouts he would do. And I just became fascinated with him. And I, I think I saw it in a, a newspaper of all places or something that he was doing a book signing at a bookstore in Olathe, which is right next to just west of Overland Park where I live. And it was a a book called Heroes Among Us where, so it wasn't even really about running. He had just compiled a bunch of stories of um, men and women that had just kind of done heroic things. Some, Some of them were sports related. Some of them were like war stories or whatever, just kind of everyday people put in difficult situations and coming, coming out as, um, as heroes. And, but mostly I was interested in going to meet him. And so we, we went and, um, I got my, I picked up a copy of that book and got it signed by him and his, uh, son, Ned was there and just Jim took some time to just talk to me for a while. And, yeah. and Ned talked to me too. And I was, I told him, a shortened version of what I just told you, just kind of my story, what I had done. Um, and I would, I was totally, uh, awesome, you know, starstruck by, by him. Cause he, I mean, he was just, I just been, been learning about him and he just seemed like such a larger than life character. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he was just so kind to me, like just, um, yeah, giving me his full attention, letting me share to him, giving me feedback, just talking, you know, sharing some of his faith story and what was important. And I mean, at that point, it was like, um, I, I did explore going to other schools, but it it meant more to me to wear Kansas on my chest than anywhere else. And it, it mostly had to do with Jim. Um, and I know that he was on the podcast earlier. I listened to that episode and was yeah, yeah. Uh, loved it. And we we had a, a it was the hundredth running of the Kansas Relays mm-hmm. in April, and I, I was out there and got to um, see him and talk to him and um, see Anne. And they're they're just like man, the coolest people ever. Yeah. Uh, and and Kansas, I mean, the more I learned about the history, you know, throw Wes Santee in there and Billy Mills and. Mm-hmm the list goes on and on. And I was just like, it just, the fact that I got to, that I got to wear the same jerseys that those, that those people wore and got to accomplish anything. I mean, not, not in their stratosphere, but just got to put my mark on that program. Right. Just means the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still, I think we probably mentioned it in the podcast with them, but I still remember my, senior year of high school my my parents had a loose connection with them 
and uh, my dad reached out <clears throat> to Jim and asked if uh, if he would come to Rimrock. Uh, my high school team was racing there. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we did multiple times in high school. My we were there my senior year, and he came, and it was hilarious that we you know where do you meet someone when you're you know at a, this big plot of land and so my dad said let's let's meet at the jim ryan silhouette and so just like hilarious <laughs> that like, we're gonna meet at your statue um, right yeah. but uh yeah it was i mean it was really sweet that uh he came and and spoke to me and my teammates uh i think pre-race and was just kind of encouraging us as runners and and encouraging our hearts and whatnot and um yeah, I was just like this. It was incredibly special because I grew up a, a KU sports fan in general, and I already had a Jim Ryan poster on my wall by that year. And oh, cool. we're standing next to his silhouette, and he's you know coming to talk to us. And yeah. it seems like I've we've we've heard multiple stories of him making time and space for for even high school runners today. So yeah, I mean, you can tell he just he really truly cares for the person in front of him. And, um, you know, I've, I've found runners in general. I mean, I've, I've been privileged to, you know, meet a handful of world-class runners and, and mostly to the person. I, th- I still think Jim is unique in just his ability to connect with somebody really quickly. But um, part of why I love being a runner and love this community is that, you know, from top to bottom, people just love sharing and, you know, whether that's like training tips or experiences and stories or just listening and being, um, you know, being peers, like we've all been through the same struggle, whether you've, you know, run a 205 or you're just started yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go, go to KU and tell us just kind of, you know, you got to run for, your Georgia high school coach, your Kansas City high school coach, and then you're at KU. Yeah. What was kind of the um, just give us some highlights of your Kansas uh, coach that that made them a good coach and brought out you know the best in you, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I got a shout out to my. I actually had two high school coaches in Kansas. Uh, okay. One, Linda Mullen, was my was my first year, and then there the my coach. His name was Mike Webb. Um, and he was kind of new to like coaching running. Um, he had like coached basketball before and had done a little bit of track coaching, but um, he, uh, does the name Lyle Knudsen mean anything to you guys? He was a Colorado guy, but he was sort of an obscure coach. No, he had coached mm-hmm. some elite people, but he had yeah. like this system and it was, it, it was really kind of different, but m- my coach just, uh, went to a clinic or something and adopted it. And this is what we did in high school. And um, I mean, we had, we had workouts where we did like 108 by 100 yards sprints across. Like we just do basically strides for like an hour yeah, or whatever. Cause it was like yeah. what the, the little system put together for us. <laughs> um, but, and so I had like some, I was like, well, maybe can I do something a little bit different? And he was really collaborative, but the thing that he instilled in me was this whole idea of like, why not you? You know, mm. if somebody's, and and, I'm, and it was part of like me being nervous. And I, I've already shared stories. This is the first time I, I I won a race. I was kind of scared, and just stepping into my own confidence. He probably more than anyone else. I I have to, I owe 
the, like a lot of my success too, just because of the mindset he instilled in me, which is just like, everyone out here is nervous. Everyone out here is scared. Everyone out here has worked hard. Um, and a, a lot of the difference between the people that, that, you know, win things, you know, win races and don't, a lot of times it has to do with confidence, just like the belief in yourself to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it makes sense or not, whether, you know, your fitness level, uh, justifies it or not, just, you know, why not, why not you, why not believe in this? Um, and a great man of faith too, and just kind of helped me develop a lot of confidence. And so my, uh, my college coach, Doug Clark was way more of a technician. So he, like my recruiting calls with him were all just him listing off workouts that some of the guys on the team had been doing and like the races they were, they would, I mean, I probably could have put the phone down and gone and like made myself a meal and come back and still be like listing off times. Yeah. Is Doug the guy uh, that we made? He just yeah. lives and breathes it. Yeah, we uh we ran into Doug Clark. He he was at the Arkansas Invitational. Oh no, SEC SEC Championships. He was uh we saw this this guy, sick Arkansas windbreaker, and we're like, that guy had to have done something way back in the day. And we were all like debating. Uh We're like, how old do you think that jacket is? (laughs) And so we were like, uh, nineteen eighty something, nineteen ninety, nineteen seventy. And so I was like, I'm gonna go ask him. So I just walked over to this guy having no idea who he is and just kind of tapped him on the shoulder. I said, Hey, Peter Cunningham, we're over here. Just kind of, you know, I have a debate. Who, you know, yeah. how, and so he told me how old it was. And then I, I asked him, so are you, are you coaching? And he had a lot of uh, some uh, Arkansas alum Former athletes that yeah. were with him there. Yep. And so he, uh, he told me a little about who he was. And, and actually I, I ran into him at the KU relays. We were there. I just, I didn't think to yeah. reach out to you. I'm, I'm a punk, but um. He's Next actually time. he's actually gonna come on the pod at some point in the future as well. No way, and, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's awesome. So we're we're pretty excited about that. But yeah, it's hilarious that that yeah. you know we've met your your former college <laughs> coach. So yeah, such a character. Yeah, yeah, so he was like back in the heyday of John McDonald and all that stuff. Right. Uh, and Stanley Redwine, who's been the coach at KU since two thousand, um, he was an, an Arkansas guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, great 800 meter runner and then a coach in Arkansas too. So yeah, a lot of connections between the two schools besides the Razorbacks beating us in the tournament this March, which I'm still yeah. upset about, okay. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ben is so, only saying that because he knows that that digs a uh, knife into my soul. And for some reason that's right. fine for him, but whatever. <laughs> hey, if we dish it out, we got to be able to take it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. I'm going to be insufferable if we win the championship this year. So I'm just, <laughs> you, you, you feel free. You feel free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But let, yeah. Awesome. So D, DC was just, you know, he, this was, if you remember the Alan Iverson uh, famous quote where he's like, you're talking about practice. practice. Yeah. So DC would come into, yeah. <laughs> he would come into practice and go like, um, He'd, he'd do his best Alan Iverson impression to like, we're talking about hydration. Not not races or whatever. We're talking about hydration. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's the, yeah, he would always make us uh, like down an entire Pedialyte um, uh-huh. after a race. Like we'd all get these gross flavorless Pedialytes that we had to just fresh before we could do anything else. And yeah, um, he just, you know, had these little things, but um, yeah, just really he... Funny. 
he just instilled in in our team just a, a love of, I mean, he he just lived and breathed it. And so uh, when I was at, at KU, they hadn't been to um, a national cross country meet and I could take in a team and gosh, like 20 years or something oh, like wow. that. We had some transfers from uh, Western Michigan University that had come in. Um, me and Colby Whistle, who we were at there at the same time, who was a Big 12 champion in cross country during his career and, and on the track too. Um, and we just kind of had a great mix. Like we were uh, like loud and wild and kind of not your typical cross country personality group, but just a lot of fun and um but worked worked really hard too and so we my uh, i think it was sophomore year at KU we made the NCAA meet um and i think we came in you know we scraped our way in there came in ranked you know thir- 30th or something like that ended yeah. up finishing 12th and just like as the times were you know the results were coming in and we're just like Every time they'd read a name and it wasn't ours, we'd just get more and more excited. Uh, and when they finally got to 12th, we were just, you know, beside ourselves. It was the highest yeah. highest finish one of our teams had had. And, um, you know, basically since back in the Bob Timmons days. Wow. Um, and, then, and then Colby and I, the next year, we qualified again. And we ended up, we were ranked 10th coming in and ended up 20th. So it was not, it was a little more of a disappointment even though we, we still you know, did all right, but um, Colby and I were the first teammates to make All-American since um, a couple of guys, David Johnston and Michael Cox in the 90s. And yeah. um, David Johnston, one of those guys that, that was All-American and I think it was 94, he was the Alumni Association president. And so he like took, took uh, Colby and I out to a meal and showed us, showed us a lot of his old pictures and stuff. So it's, it's definitely a brotherhood, you know, with, with all those um, people through the years. I realized this year at the relays that, because when I, when David took us out to lunch, I was like, this guy feels super old and these, these pictures are so old. And I realized I'm as far away, maybe more <laughs> far away from the new, the current athletes than he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized, oh my gosh, if I start talking to these athletes, they're going to be like, who's this old guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> this salt and pepper guy who's trying to talk to me about his glory days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It happens fast, man. Um, we're not, we're not far behind you. No, I'm we're not that far. Yeah. Thinking, thinking that my daughter is going to be starting kindergarten in a year. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. no, you are, you're jazz. You just were born. Uh, yeah, you're not going not to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we go, tell us about a game called Garage Ball and how it oh, specifically yes. played into your cross training for running. <laughs> it's very important, yeah, because you have to be able to move laterally. Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Along... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, year after I finished KU, I lived in a house with three other guys in Kansas City, and I was kind of trying to figure out if I wanted to keep running after college, mm-hmm. and um. So I was just working part-time at a running store. I was doing, I was leading Young Life, just kind of involved in a few different things, but I was training too. I was training for my first half marathon that year. And we were just, I, it was one of the most fun years I ever had. Chris Gorney was one of the masterminds. So it was, uh, I shared a room with my friend Ryan, who was a firefighter at the time. And so we had the house we had had rented. It had a it used to be a garage that they had trans. They had a kind of 
modified into a living space. Had a, had a they put a fireplace in it, stuff, and just kind of a wide door from the kitchen area to this side room. Yeah. And you know, we had a couch in it, TV, fully furnished, but we created this game called Garage Ball. It was basically um, handball meets like racquetball. So like you had to slap. We used a tennis ball. You'd like slap the tennis ball. And it could and it hit the wall or any surface, and then it couldn't bounce twice on the floor, or you were, you know, you were out a lot, you lost the point. And so it was like how many, you know, up to 10 or 11 or whatever we played to. You had to be in your underwear to play it. So the uniform was just underwear and nothing else. And, uh, and it, I mean, playing a sport in a fully furnished room and, but in, in, uh, it introduces all kinds of dynamics, like the ball's going one way and like hits an arm, the cat. The couch, the arm of the couch, and bounces the other way, and so you're like slipping. Um, <laughs> oh just, yeah, it's it's hard to communicate in words the absolute joy and chaos that is Garage Ball. <laughs> we might build a match. I'm sure, and it smelled terrible in that room, but uh, you know, really just kept my competitive my competitive juices going. I think it really I owe a lot to my time on the on the Kansas City Garage Ball tour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Incredible. <laughs> From garage ball to how that crosses over into half marathon training is <laughs> what I want to know. What is the what is the secret that unlocked your mm. 104 marathon half marathon PB? Well, that was 104 was years away at that point. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I training think in garage I think ball. Got gotcha you. Just the explosive nature of, of garage ball. You really have to, you have to <laughs> leap across the room at uh, any moment's notice. Yeah, and just that you know, part of running is just uh, sacrificing your body and just suffering. Perfect, hundred percent. Football is all about sacrificing the body for, for a point. Yeah, I feel like I'm. You might you might take the edge of the fireplace to the rib or whatever. And it, <laughs> were there some it. were there some nasty injuries? Uh, we didn't like break anything. We, we broke more stuff than we did our own bodies. But there yeah. was, um, you know, there were some like rug burns and. Uh, I think that was it. I don't know. Yeah. Have to yeah. Ask. yeah. Yeah. I, I think we managed to get through it. Um, you know, maybe some wounded egos. Sure. But I think we were, yeah, mostly yeah. all right. So you yeah. said the 104 half was years away. Like what, what, yeah, what got you there? What reignited the love? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of thought I was going to, I w- probably had some potential road running. I like to tell the story of when I was a sophomore at KU, I qualified for the 5,000 meters at um, the NCAA meet outdoors. And I was running in the semi that year. And a, I, I don't know if it was a like a rep or an agent or something who worked with Adidas was talking to Coach Clark while they were watching the race. And one of his comments was like, yeah, you, your runner looks like he could be a pretty good marathoner someday. And Coach Clark told me after the race, and I'm like, that would make me feel really good if I was running a marathon. But I was running at five thousand, so like it would have been nice. <laughs> he looks like a good five thousand runner. <laughs> That's amazing. Because somebody tells me like, yeah, you'd be really good. It's just we need you to go a lot farther because this isn't working for you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I did have that kind of in the back of my mind, and when I when I finished at KU, um, I. I'd had some kind of like minor lower back issues and mostly I just, I wanted to get healthy. Just kind of, it's not that running wasn't fun or enjoyable, but it was, 
it just seemed like a lot, like it was just wearing on me. And I thought, you know, I want to try some new things. I want to challenge myself in different ways. So I signed up for the rock and roll San Antonio half marathon. It was like November of, of that year, 2009, I think. And I just kind of, I don't remember if I got a book or was using something online or if I just figured out my own training. I just like, I'm going to do longer workouts, basically what I did in college is longer. Um, and I went down there and ended up, I was on like 104, 105 pace for probably the first 10 K. And it was, it was one of those, it was November, but it was like 85 that day. It was just wow. stupid hot. Wow. And, um, the heat got to me and I was, I had gone out too fast. So I ended up fading to, I mean, I, I ran 107. 30 something, which I was still pretty happy with. Um, even just holding it together. I mean, it was, you know, the longest race I'd run by a good amount at that point. Yeah. And, um, I was just kind of doing it on my own, trying to figure everything out. Uh, and during that, the course of that year, I was researching and trying to, and, and talking to some, some coaches at training groups in different parts of the country. So, um, there was like, uh, what were they called at that point? Um, the the group in North Carolina. Why why am I blanking on the name? They always they ran in the bright orange. Um, it was a training group. Peter and Zika Ray were the were the coaches. Yeah, a training group out in North Carolina. An old college. Uh, he ran Oklahoma State. David Jankowski ran there for them. Um, is in Boone, North Carolina. And of course, I'm blanking on the name of the group right now. Yeah. Um, there was uh, McMillan running in Arizona and Flagstaff. And, I, um, and then I ended up talking to Keith and Kevin Hansen um, up in Michigan and uh, did really, didn't have a, they didn't have space for me in, in Arizona and my times in college and, and on the road were slower than most of the people that were running out there. Um, but Keith and Kevin, I mean, they, this, this was like not that long after Brian Sell had made the mar marathon Olympic team in 2008. And so they had kind of got, gotten a lot of notoriety from that. And they had this reputation of like, we're going to, we're going to like work you harder than anyone has ever worked you. And basically you'll, you'll either break or you'll run really fast. <laughs> um, and, you know, after talking to them a little bit, it, it did, I, you know, I realized they don't have this, this cavalier attitude to it of like, you know, we don't care about who makes it or not, or we're not going to take into account what you, you know, we're not going to force you to run injured or anything, but they, they did, you know, they had a very, high volume way of training. And, um, the more I, I learned from them, I kind of, I got the vision for what they were doing. And uh, I mentioned earlier in, in our conversation, my folks are from Detroit. And so all of my extended family basically is up there. So, um, moving up there to train with Keith and Kevin, what allowed me to kind of go do something new, have a new challenge, be around a group of people that were going to push me, but I also had a lot of familiarity too, because I had family in the area. Mm -hmm. um, and we had visited Michigan a lot when I was a kid on vacation. So um, I, I ended up moving up there in 2010 and 
you know, and Keith and Kevin, they, they have long-term visions for their athletes. So they're like, you know, this is where we're headed. And, you know, it was like, okay, long-term 2012 Olympic trials is our goal, but we have a lot to do between now and then. And so, you know, we started just kind of ran a few half marathons um, and then did a, did a training session for my first full marathon um, for the Boston marathon. And uh, you're not, you know, I'm too old to get in trouble for this, but you're not (laughs) technically allowed to have a rabbit at the Boston marathon. Like there's no, you have to be like a competitor trying to finish the race. They don't allow pacemakers, but Keith and Kevin were like, you basically are going to be a, a pacemaker. Like we have a, a, I, there was a training partner of mine that was, had, had more, more experience and was more ready to race at the marathon distance. They're like, they just told me, we want you to get the training under your belt, but we want you to be able to recover more quickly and do more training. So we don't want you to finish the race. So when we get to 16 miles, I don't take an injury, do, like do whatever, <laughs> just walk off, do whatever you need to do. But, um, we will, they're like, if you, if we see you crossing that finish line, you can find your own way home. Basically <laughs> like, you know, I don't care how tempting it is to finish. Do not finish this race. Did you fake an injury? And of course, yeah, I did. <laughs> did you feel like it was like, believable? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I was like, Ooh, ow. And then <laughs> My I, hamstring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it hurts. And then I, they had a, this train, you know, the train line that runs into the city. And I was, that's like, was my way back. So I'm like walking to the train station. I have my number on my Jersey on the whole, the whole nine yards. And people would be like encouraging me to get back in the race. Like, don't <laughs> give up. You can do it. I'm like, oh, it hurts. I have to give up. I'm being forced to give <laughs> yeah. up. No, I don't Legally, want to. I need to. <laughs> oh, and this was in 2011 when um, it was the, the year where they had this that big tailwind, it was like when Ryan Hall ran 204 and like yeah. everybody ran fast because it was just a wind behind your back the whole time. And I felt like incredible. And it was took everything in me to stop that rate, that run. Um but I did it. Yeah, and people on the on the train on the way into the city were kind of side-eyeing me the whole time. The whole time, like, what is this? Is he is he cheating? Like, are we gonna read about this on the <laughs> The they expect you tomorrow. to get off the train and <laughs> yeah, like I gotta go. We're gonna check Let's yeah. Run and have it be like this big scandal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won one fifty-seven. Amazing. <laughs> so, so it was uh, that was just a really funny, crazy experience. Um, but you know they they did instill like, hey, you got to be disciplined with training, and you you just it, there's no shortcuts. Um, and then that. I guess the next January, I'm getting mixed up. Maybe Boston was after this. So uh, I ran the Naples half marathon and that's where I qualified for the Olympic trials. Yeah. Um, ran, ran one, 104, just under 105. And I knew that was like the, so that was kind of our training was a lot of like, we trained a little bit faster than that, but re- when we went to race, it's just like try to get under 105 and that's all we really care about. Um, so that was an awesome experience finishing that race and getting to, um, you know, knowing that I, I was going to be able to run in the, in the Olympic trials. I did almost get run off course by an old, an old couple in their Buick. He didn't realize that the course was <laughs> in Naples or the trials in Naples. Yeah. It was kind of in like no man's land. Like some of the, like the winner who ran like 
103 or something was ahead of me and, and I was kind of running on my own and I see this car like turning onto the road next to me I mean I could have reached out my hand and you know I kind of did like hey I'm here hello yeah, yeah. and I realized like they saw cones and realized that uh a race was <laughs> happening people, man yeah yeah then they wrecked their yeah, car yeah. it was kind of your fault right. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. I'm sure their kids took their license away that day. Yeah, it's a whole uh, thing. We we would hope. Yeah, we can only unbelievable. Hope. Yeah, um, I think it should happen. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so then you hit the trials. Uh, get thirty third or thirty fifth. Um, and now Pete, I didn't even know you're doing this. Peter mentioned that you're into triathlons. Um, mm-hmm. what's that look like? Um, just kind of where where did that spur on from? Yeah. Um, I think part of it's my my personality in that um i you know after i re- after i retired from competitive marathon running after my kids came along I, I didn't have a ton of desire to do a lot more marathons i'm i'm kind of motivated by new things and new challenges so um triathlon is was appealing to me well it was appealing but also kind of intimidating because i have always been a very poor swimmer yeah and i mean i think it's a common yeah <laughs> you guys feel me i mean low body fat it's just like <laughs> our bodies are not meant to float yeah, yeah. and so and, and and i didn't have any i no one had ever taught me how to have t- like taught me any technique or how to breathe or any of that stuff so swimming was just such a barrier it's like well if if it was I thought about doing duathlon, like just the biking and running instead. But um, I don't know, part of it, I just, I was like, this is something that if it, it will be satisfying, I think, if you push through and just like try it and, you know, just do the workouts. Um, and so I did my first one down in Arkansas mm-hmm. at those Ark Valley last year. And um, it was, I, I got in the water and, the race started and it was like, I forgot everything that I knew. Like I just, I started swimming and I just like panicked. Like all of a sudden I couldn't catch my breath. It was like, my body didn't know what to do. I had, I had not done, I'd done only pool swimming. And I knew that that was not a great idea to just then go into the open water. But I found one of the um, kayaks that they had out there. Like you can hang onto the kayak. So I found one. I just sort of tried to calm myself down and I was, I was honestly thinking I might just, because it was so early in the, in the race and it was a, a thousand yard swim. And I thought, I don't, I really don't know how I'm supposed to make this, but I looked up and I noticed somebody doing a backstroke and I thought, okay, if I do the backstroke, I can at least breathe. Like my face yeah. is out of the water. So I won't be freaking out about, about essentially drowning myself. And then when I feel comfortable, I'll try to flip over and do the, you know, freestyle. And then, and that's what I did for the rest of that the swim was I just, I would backstroke for a while, then flip over and just flip back and forth. And I, I probably swam an extra 200 yards because I, I, you know, would lose my place and be way off course. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, I was getting passed by like the waves of people starting behind, you know, behind me yeah. and things like that. Um, but the one nice thing about, I did end up getting it, finishing it, getting out of the water. And the one nice thing about being a really slow swimmer is that I'm I'm like a average-ish cyclist and an above average runner. So I could I was like, I get to 
catch people the rest of the way, which is how the rest of the race went. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got to do, um, got to do that. And I, and I ended up, I mean, despite how difficult the swim was and, and the bike was, was, you know, fine, but it was hard as well, you know, getting off the, off the bike and being able to, you know, to have I had one of the better run times out there still, just because I mean, you just lean into what you do, what you do best. Um, and I ended up, even despite this, the swim go, I, I knew the swim would go slow. So I, I set a goal that I think kind of accounted for that, but my goal was to finish it in under two hours. And I finished it in like just under two hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, like by seconds probably. So yes. that was really, you know, when you set a goal and you, and you reach it, um, you know, whether or not I, two hours wasn't a fast time or anything, it was just like, for me, it was important to, yeah. um, to do that. And, and it was really satisfying. So, you know, I've stuck with it and swimming now is getting easier. I mean, I'm still slow, but, um, when I'm by myself in the pool, I feel fast. Like I think that I'm fast and then somebody yeah. else gets in next and realize I'm not. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, do you ever just but, uh, do open water training in like the, the river that runs by the plaza downtown? Do you ever just <laughs> hop in there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably get arrested. Yeah, for doing that. so that's, a good, that's a good, that, that would be an adventure. Like see if they can outswim the cops. Yeah. Talk about incentive um, to go fast. There you go. Fresh Creek. There you go. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I would, it sounds I would like... 100% end up with a disease after that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. You, so if you're swimming still, it sounds like you're still training for more triathlons. There's, there's more on the horizon. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm trying. I, uh, I'm doing three this summer, all local here in Kansas city. So nice. not, not, tra not traveling for any of them. Um, yeah, they're all, they're all close by. And I decided to move to sprint distance. Um, because it, I mean, besides it being a little easier to train for that and it's just, I'm as I also, as I get a little older and my, my body just doesn't have like the natural, it's just not as springy as it was. It's like, I, I want to, I'm drawn to doing more training. That's a little bit more intense. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it becomes harder as, as you get older, but it, I think it benefits, benefits me more. Plus one of my uh, longtime close friends who also ran at KU with me, Matt Basinger, he was a really, he was like a 147, 800 runner in college. Nice. Like, I was going to say that name for some, but, for some reason sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So he challenged me to run the open 800 of the Kansas relays next year. Oh, wow. And uh, our goal is not to, uh, we're just going to, I'm going to have a Jersey on that has his, I don't know if I'll have his face on it, but it'll say, I'm just trying to be Matt. And he's going <laughs> to have a Jersey that says, I'm just trying to be Paul. Amazing. Cause we'll probably be last and second to last. But, so um, do do KU alums get like entry like free entries into the 800 or how does that work? Uh yeah, so it Matt and I are also of, of the uh we kind of just are the type we just tell each other like oh we'll figure it out. Like we'll we'll find our way in. We'll like Okay. <laughs> I don't know who we have to talk to and schmooze, but we'll like figure it out. Love it. Yeah. Ben uh take us to repeats. All right uh repeats uh we do this section with all of our guests where we kind of just do quick questions short rest uh imagine you're doing Ooh, okay. a really unbalanced workout of like 150 meter repeats but you only have like 20 seconds rest <laughs> but you have a lot of them uh, <laughs> okay all right 
Um, Peter's going to start us off because you have some questions from somebody. I do. All all of my repeats are brought to us by Chris Gorney himself. Oh no, I was worried. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Um, and so we'll we'll let, right. we'll let that uh, um, just the tension build there for just a couple seconds longer. Tell him uh, I'll answer these, but he's not allowed to listen to this episode. Yeah, he doesn't listen to this the podcast. There's all no the way he listens to this podcast. Us. No one really <laughs> listens to this podcast. No one. Yeah. No. Just our Patreon. All right. Good. This is first for repeat yeah. brought to us by Chris Gorney himself. Tell us about the time <laughs> okay. you got punched in the face at an NCAA tournament game. Uh, I think the game was KU yep. versus Kentucky. It was. Yep. One of the first big shots that KU hit. And it, Chris asked that because he was the one to punch me in the face. <laughs> he was just like, yeah. And I was standing right next to him, just clocked me right in the face. So oh, no. Yeah. Next repeat. Right. Uh next repeat. If do you have a, a current or former go-to long run spot? Uh like either when you were in college or if you still have one now that you're just like, I need a good day for a long run. Where are you going? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so Buck Creek was our UCK uh, was our uh, long run. Yeah. I'm sure there's a butt Creek somewhere. That was our, our long run every week in college and just so many wonderful memories of, you know, beautiful mornings out there in the country roads outside of Lawrence. Um, Now I've got a, my, my house is in a neighborhood that backs up to a uh, streamway trail, Mill Creek streamway trail here in Kansas city. It's, it's paved, um, but I can just kind of go for miles and not have to think about it. So I feel pretty fortunate to have that right in my backyard. Amazing. Amazing. Next repeat brought to us by Christopher Gordy himself. What is your favorite Halloween costume that's the most comfortable to poop in? Uh, I was a baby. <laughs> and I put on, I think, so me and my friend Jeff did this together there was a there was a, a house. It was kind of like they called it the, themselves the Mountain Dudes. Has Chris ever talked to you about the Mountain Dudes or, I don't or, think I've heard or about the Mountain Dudes? No. It was this this big house, like thirteen people lived in it. And um, Lawrence, they called themselves the Mountain Dudes. So, like it was like this ongoing, almost almost like a fraternity, like people moving in and out. But the Mountain Dudes name survived. Yeah. And their big thing every year was just like, this blowout Halloween party. The best thing was like all the mountain dudes were Christians. And so like, there was never any booze there. Sure. And so people would like, it would be so wild and people would come off the street and they're like, yeah, and they're like, where's the cake? They're like, we don't yeah, have yeah. one. <laughs> but, usually say, um, but every, like the thing about their Halloween party was like, you had to bring your a game costume wise. And Jeff, I went with my friend, Jeff Foster. He was a wide receiver for the AU football team that won the yeah. orange bowl. So like, yeah, you know, big football player guy. Um, and we went and like got a full package of Depends adult diapers and just like put on as many of them as we could so we could get that bulky look. <laughs> and um, and then we had like little t-shirts and we had bonnets and pacifiers and bottles. And we walked barefoot through the streets of, uh, of Lawrence, just like waddling. I mean, we were fully in character. <laughs> we took a nap at the party. At one point, um, it was awesome. I didn't actually poop in that, but it certainly would have been the best. You, you easily could to... have. Yeah. 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 Cool. I... Amazing. Amazing. Love it. Uh, next that was repeat. a leading question. For yeah, sure. 100%. For sure. all, I think all of these are. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 
Um, what uh, what do you think your half marathon time would be now if you were in the shape that you were when you ran 104, but had either like the Alpha Fly, the Vapor Fly, the Audios Pro 3, oh. yada, yada, yada? What do you think? Yeah. I think I could go under 103. I like yeah, it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Next repeat. Uh, next one. Have you ever found yourself stuck running behind someone with a foul odor? Uh, some oh might God. just call There's him a stinky Christmas. guy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. When I was a freshman, one of the first runs that I did at KU um, was a like Sunday morning long run or Saturday morning long run. I forget which one. It, and so a couple of the guys had been out at the bars the night before. And one of them, this was one of the Western Michigan transfers, he still smelled of beer when he showed up yeah. to the run. And we called him like the fastest, the fattest, fastest guy in NCAA because he was just like, he, he did not look like he could run the times that he did, but he was fast. Yeah. Um, and so he, the entire run, I and mean, this was like, I don't know, 12, 14 mile run. He was, he would stick himself right in front of me and I wasn't in shape enough to like run away from him. And just fart like he just farted beer <laughs> farts at me the entire one, and just wouldn't let me away. And I was just like, you smell so bad. Absolutely yeah. miserable. So that was freshman hazing. Yep, and it worked. Oh <laughs> it worked. my goodness! Motivation to get faster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Golly. Um, man, are you are you a coffee guy? I am. Yeah. Follow up question to that then. What's your favorite coffee place in Kansas City? Ooh, okay. Um, I love Oddly Correct. Yes, I was really hoping that you'd um, say that. Yeah, so Gregory Colstoy, who, who started Oddly Correct, um, we went to church together, just awesome guy. Um, and the coffee just its incredible. Yeah. Um, wow. But we, we, we are spoiled with coffee in Kansas City. There's a lot of um, love thou mayest. Uh, messenger coffee is great. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of good coffee here, but oddly correct is probably the best. Uh, my next repeat brought to us by Chris Gorney. Uh, and this might take some uh, physical explanation by you, but our YouTube listeners will be able to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly Patreon exactly. as well, but our normal Spotify <laughs> listeners cannot. <laughs> false, false. Uh, what is the best way to eat a slice of pizza off of your shoulder? If you're not allowed to use your hands. Okay. Um, I mean, so Everyone listening should support this podcast on Patreon so that you can, um, so that you can actually so see. You, you can see. The, uh, maybe I'll grab a little bit of a little bit of muffin here and just kind of. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, but Chris used to do this to me. Just and he just kind of h. <laughs> I got a little room for tongue. He he, <laughs> he would just put things on your shoulder and say, "Eat it." He wouldn't even say anything. He just like. Most of the time, it was something I wanted to eat. Yeah. Put an Oreo on my shoulder or whatever, and it was just kind of an ongoing game. I'm a good sport. <laughs> yeah, you are. Amazing. It's incredible. Amazing. Perfect. All right. Let's get one, one more. We'll do one more. Uh, let me think. Do you have yours? Yeah. Okay, good. I'll do mine last. So you mentioned Buck Creek, your favorite long run location. Mm-hmm. If you were going to go on a long run with one runner – uh past present future i guess future is difficult to run with a future i mean if it, if it was if all was going to be a runner i'd say that i would get your daughter like my runner, son sure. when he's a runner or something yeah sure i guess that could be a future runner uh who would it be and, and what would you hope to talk about I, the guy i'm thinking of doesn't speak i don't know if he spoke english is that okay yeah, 
That's fine. We can we can communicate, right? Like I know his language, he knows mine. Yes. Probably Mills Adepec. Nice. So he was um other than like Jim uh, Jim Ryan, he's probably one of my favorite running personalities and just what he accomplished. And I, I don't know, I guess I'd want to know how just how his philosophy on just running in in life and being willing to take chances because he was one of the most innovative, adventurous kind of exciting runners I think that I I've ever you know I wish that I could I could have seen him run live but it's just like he would have this grimacy face and he basically invented interval running wow um and he was just like well people you know you're supposed to because people would like train slow for races and they were just all, always worried about it. you can't push yourself that fast for that you know that long and he'd be like why not just run, run a lot and run fast? Right. I mean, it, it, it's weird, but like people hadn't really thought of it until then. And that's why he's the only person ever to win the 5,000, 10,000 and marathon at the same Olympics. No one will ever do that again. Oh my goodness. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd love, love to pick that guy's brain if I could. Yeah. I love it. That kind of blows my mind. Great answer. Yeah. Great and answer. Out of pick. Yeah. If you want a good rabbit hole for tonight. Amazing. Well, the, thank you guys for letting me share all those stories. Yeah, that was it. a lot of fun. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to find myself up in Kansas City sometime in July. Um, I don't know if Peter's doing anything in Kansas City in July. Um, but I'm, Come I'm on going up, up man. there. For, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll, well, we've got to catch dinner at least one night. I'm up there Thursday yeah. night, all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You should speak brunch over dinner. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. And we'll speak if brunch I'm, over whatever. Yeah, exactly. You guys should. I don't, if I'm there, I want to go on like a, a short, maybe long run, depending on yeah. how my fitness is at the time. Yeah, let's but run. What, whatever, just anytime, run or meal or whatever. Yeah, sweet. You're Find me. You're amazing. I'm up in KC more yeah. than I. I wish I was up there more, honestly. Yeah, it's all right. Love it. Yeah, it's not that far. Well, I need to make some trips down to Arkansas too. Bring Come it on. on, Paul. Thanks for giving us some of yep. your time, dude. This has been great. Yeah. Really great to talk to you guys. Thanks thanks again for having me on. This is so much fun. Yeah, got it. appreciate it, man. Have a good night, right. dude. See ya.